Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Nick Saban, uh, more... Uh, he was pleased. I'm trying to read his body language a little bit in his press conference yesterday. I'll kick 360 rolls on. He was pleased with the second scrimmage compared to last week when we were updating you on scrimmage number one for the Crimson Tide. Um, college football is here in two weeks. For the balls, it's less than two weeks from now. And for Vanderbilt, it's this coming Saturday. Here we go. We're actually game week. Uh, we, this past Saturday... I mean, it's, I'm about I'm, to bring you to a tear to admit this on air. <laughs> this past Saturday was the last Saturday we won't have college football until January. Yep. I mean, I, I, I say that there's probably going to be one Saturday, like on the 17th, where there's like two games. You know, you're going to have yeah. like one or two. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a long time now. I'm about to cry without a joy. Vanderbilt's going to get that going for us. Well, you got, I mean, You've got Nebraska Northwestern to start the day at like 11.30 a.m. I got to go look at it. There's another decent game in the middle of the day. And that's in Ireland? That's in Dublin, Ireland. Ah, yeah. the Pete. In Dublin, Ireland. I wonder if they're – I'm assuming they're out there. I mean, Vandy took a week to go to Hawaii. I'm guessing both Northwestern and Nebraska are already in Ireland, although I don't know that. I would guess they traveled this weekend and get out there and, and get acclimated, right, to the time. I, and, I would. Yeah. I would think so. But, yeah, you've got uh, Nebraska, Northwestern. I don't know why you schedule other, that game uh, if you're not going early. Any other games of interest? On the Big Ten Network, you got Wyoming and Illinois. Okay. Illinois is only a 10-point favorite at 3 o'clock Central. Florida State opens on Saturday against Duquesne. Um, then Vanderbilt, Hawaii. N- not a great slate of games that day, but you do have Nebraska, Northwestern. And then you've got Illinois, Wyoming, pretty good. And then at night, you've got Vanderbilt, at Hawaii. By the way, that line has gone down. Uh, it was Vanderbilt minus seven and a half last I checked. Right now it's Vanderbilt minus six and a half. But North Carolina opens their season. Florida State opens their season against Cupcakes and on then Saturday. After the weekend, we're four days away from, from Tennessee kicking off uh, next Thursday, September 1st. So and we'll be in game week. That Thursday night, there's some pretty big games also. I know Pitt, West Virginia renew their rivalry. The backyard brawl that Thursday night also. So there's going to be some good games on Thursday good. night. Yep. There's an SEC rookie that's overtaking a starting role, or at least that's the way it seems. Uh, Brian Robertson, Robinson, excuse me, of uh, the Crimson Tide, played five years, was with Alabama for five years before he actually got his, his chance to be the, the starter because of who he's backing up. And guys like Najee Harris and others, he's now getting – uh, the first team reps in Washington um, based on the, the preseason performance. And he's through two games. He's been okay. Like he, he looks like a guy who's going to be getting some, uh, his number called quite a bit for a rookie in the backfield for Washington. Um, so there's Robinson making, uh, making the best out of a situation where I don't know if I had, I, I know I didn't have many expectations for him. Yep. 
at Alabama well, because they, that's that's one area where Alabama can drastically improve and get back to what we know Alabama for, which is running backs. They did not have the thoroughbred running back like they've had in years past with Robinson back there. No disrespect to him, uh, but it just wasn't at the same level as we've seen from, you know. And he's at, still good enough to possibly start name. in the NFL. Sure. Yeah, and <laughs> right I think away. it's a shock there because Antonio Gibson was was lined up, and yep. and and there was a lot of consternation they about are, the, uh, the swapping of those two. They're now trying to find game. a role for Antonio Gibson. Yeah, they put him at return, man. Um, this last game. So I, I mean, I, you know, everything's a running back by committee unless you've got Taylor or or Henry. It winds up that way. Also, second year player from the SEC, Josh Palmer. Watch for him with the Chargers. He had about 30, 35 catches somewhere in that range a year ago. He is putting on a show in practice, just reading through all the clips from reporters across the league this weekend. Josh Palmer is a quiet contributor and maybe someone that fantasy football players will love on their roster this year, maybe becomes more of a household name because of fantasy football. Because uh, according to those covering the Chargers, he is heavily involved with Herbert and others right now. Yeah, cool story. Canadian kid uh, was not heavily recruited, went to Tennessee, and did not get a great shake of things at Tennessee under Jeremy Pruitt in a bad offense when he got his most plays. But he, he had good stats. Even with Jarrett Garantano at quarterback and, and under Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee, and he's always had the physical skill set to be a great receiver in the NFL. So looks like he's going to get a shot. And they've, uh, you know, besides Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, who are their their money guys, uh, not a lot of receivers on that team that you know or that raise your eyebrows. Michael Bandy, Jalen Guyton, DeAndre Carter. Not, not, not yeah, a I mean, particularly he, exciting group. If he raises his catch total up 20, because I think he had about 30, 35 catches, he gets in the 50 range. I mean, that's solid. That's a solid that number team. three wide receiver or, or pass option. Now, Eckler catches a lot of balls. Yeah, too, and their so. tight end game is good. Um, Ever. Yeah, but I mean, if if Palmer becomes like a third option in the passing game, that's, that's a tremendous upside there for a player that is quietly – carved out a role for himself. Um, news and headlines from across the, the league today. Tom Brady is back in Tampa. He's back at practice. Um, to my knowledge, he hasn't talked yet if he's going to talk today. And maybe, I've been watching that. I've not seen any Mondays quotes Mondays are not his day to speak, but he'll speak later this week and he'll be asked about it. But you know, there was a report um, out yesterday um, that, that stated through the uh, Pro Football Network that he was on more or less a vacation that was known by the team, uh, off with family, including Giselle, that it's not health-related, and it was somewhere in the Bahamas. I don't know, even as private as you can be, I don't know how you travel and you're not seen with the, with the phones and social media the way it is. How a photo didn't get out of, with him traveling um, to the Bahamas with Giselle. Well, he's on a private plane there, but sure. a, a tarmac, you know, but is, even like is potential, you know, some, some flight attendant or somebody sneaking a picture and then, we could you know, see, the like, help at the hotel or the, the property, but the, with the way, like even on the private beach, like TMZ cameras will, I mean, TMZ will pay for a photo, you know, big, big money. If you've got DiCaprio at some private resort, uh, that's wading out into the sea, like they're, they're paying, you know, thousands of dollars for that shot. 
It's just, it's so, I I keep going back to this. It's, it's so ridiculous that (laughs) they've even allowed for us to have these conversations because what if this is, I really don't believe anyone's going to give Brady a hard time if he just comes out and says whatever the truth is, which I think probably at this point, it's a pre-planned time away with family when I was retired that I was not going to get out of. I was going to go spend time with family. We worked it out before camp. I went and did it. Uh, who's going to care? And if you're Tom Brady, do you even care if someone unless, cares about it? Unless yeah. it's uh, it really is the mass Singer, and this was a plant cover and school. a leak to cover I, it up. I, I well, mean, look, if it's the mass Singer, crazy. people really are going to... And, and the mass Singer wrapped on Saturday. But look, <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's, I, be, I believe that's it's what it is. It's not going to... Uh, that's not going to say a secret. What was he dressed I, as? I have to tell them that uh, the GOAT, that has to tell, uh, uh, you know, that's going to come out on network television for big ratings, and people are going to know about well, that. So he was dressed as a goat on there? No. Oh, I, I mean, I, I don't know. You've got all, you've again, got all the like, no, All I know well, is that you it wrapped that it, on Saturday. It is. It, oh, it wrapped. Like, it, the, the, the key filming wrapped. The yes. key is to keep it. I thought you it, said the mass Singer was rapping on stage. No, 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 no. The key is to keep it a secret until it airs. Oh, I know. If that happens, I don't know. I mean, but I don't, I don't think the mass Singers have been tipped off. By people, I, I think, think it's a big reveal. Yeah, I think they keep it a complete secret. They tape it and then air it. Weekly, but like right? he's saying, uh, 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 I would say the same thing about the mass singer, even more so than if he's in Barbados or the Bahamas. If you're in Los Angeles, being driven around, the odds of paparazzi not getting you somewhere during those ten days is yeah. remarkable. To I, me. I, oh, I, don't know I think how you, you could easily off. put him in the back of a SUV, put the seat down, and and get him somewhere to and from without anyone noticing. If it's the mass singer, at least I'll completely understand why why it was such a secret. But at that point, contractual. Yeah, yeah. And the, then we'll the, the, the contract would require secrecy uh, to leave. All, the the Bucks are saying all the right things, except for telling us what it is by saying that they've known about this well in advance and that it was a planned deal. It's not health related. Um, I think they've. You know they've Cover handled it. They've well, covered they've done their bases. Whatever Tom Brady wants. They, they, but now, now they're acting as though they know what it is. Right? Last week was not. Todd Bowles didn't act like a head coach who knew where his quarterback was last week. That's what's odd about it. When he, I mean, and it's certainly not the first time Paul he was asked about it. No, he's available daily. He looked bad. I mean, you know, he probably got sick of and it. Then, but go ahead. Let, for those just joining us, let everyone know Arians, who's the former head coach, who's a part of the travel party. He speaks on it after Bowles said he, he didn't really know the date of when he was coming back. Arians got on the, the Bucks broadcast and acted like, yeah, it's no big deal. I don't know why it's a story. He's, he's out. We knew he was going to be out. He's and not he's retiring, retiring again, for sure. That, what, that being the biggest thing. Arians, you know, I haven't talked to Todd yet about this, but I've known for the whole time exactly where he's going to be. I was one of the five who knew. Yeah, you know, as someone that's had you know good head coaching experience in this league, I know exactly where the quarterback is, and... I guess Todd doesn't know. I guess no one informed him where he's going to be. It's crazy. The it's, whole thing. it's strange. It is. And Arians being there to talk to media on a broadcast and act like he knows more than the head coach. And I'm sure Todd Bowles knows. He's just saying whatever he thinks he should be saying at that time to keep it a secret, to keep it all a big mystery. But I keep going back to if it's not anything bad, why the mystery? To which the only thing that would make sense is something like the Mass Singer where he had to keep it under wraps for that reason. What a ratings getter that'll be. If, uh, if but is it, it is again, thing. like if people are going to go back and watch the clip of it, but yeah, you're right. 
On the front side, not so much. Do you think football fans are just going to start watching The Masked Singer in hopes that Tom Brady's revealed at some point? I probably will, actually. So, yeah, it is going to be a big ratings getter. Well, especially if they're dressed as a goat. Got me. They got me. I just thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go and record The Masked Singer until it's revealed whether or not Tom Brady's one of the, the Masked Singers. Um, so do we think he has a good singing voice? I don't think. I mean, he's good at everything. It's auto-tune, right? I don't think it matters, right? I don't, I don't, I've, I don't never know. Seen I've, not, I've not watched everyone more than on there. Like there's three been minutes. some pretty bad singers, but even the bad singers aren't just embarrassingly bad. Some of them are great that'll go up there and sing. Who's been great? Jamie Foxx, I think, was a part of, and he's, you know, he's had actual albums out, but he was great. Uh, Davey disagrees. Davey's got the voice of an angel, apparently. <laughs> and he wants to sing. It's like, oh, yeah. Jamie Foxx isn't talented at oh, all. He's I don't no know what he's talking about. Yeah. He's no angel. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the people I've seen do it have decent voices. <laughs> I haven't watched a Chad, lot. I'm, I'm speaking on something column, I haven't seen. <laughs> his recap column of the Masked Singer coming to OutKick soon. Yeah, uh, I should pick some sort of reality show I think and just do a weekly wrap-up. You've talked yourself up. into this one, unfortunately. <laughs> I think I'm going to record it. it. Just give notes. Every, no, every Live week, tweet each every episode week, until Brady's revealed. Pros and cons as to why or it, it is, is not or isn't. Tom Brady. Yeah. Every week. I, I'd, I'd breed. Uh, here's the thing. If I'm recording The Mass Singer and watching, I'm going to know immediately when it's Brady. I feel like I, that, that's Tom Brady. Like, if you're expecting it, because you're watching, it, you could be anyone. So you have no clue what the voice sounds like. If I am intentionally watching The Mass Singer to catch Tom Brady, I'm going to know when it's Tom Brady. You singer. guys know what, I, what it would, I would do if I'm Brady today. I would tweet out, great to be back. I said this last week. Great to be back with a selfie from last December or two, three years ago from December on the yacht with Miami and let everyone think that you were actually on the yacht last week with Ross because people would believe it. Crazy. And they're like, man, it was great hanging out with Stephen Ross. And it's just a picture of you on the yacht with Stephen Ross. And, and even though it's, from two, you know, it's three years ago, but people would buy it. That if, it actually if happened. You and to, that's his type of humor. If you or or uh, been hanging out with the Gronks and been trying to recruit Gronk back didn't work, but I spent my 11 days trying to help out the team or something. Or if it, that would be fun. The best would be if you could just get Gruden to take a photo with you on the yacht. <laughs> After Gruden said no to, the Raiders just locked arm in arm like, hey, had a great time on vacation. It's him and Gruden hand in hand on the yacht. Roquan Smith, this is peculiar to me. So he's demanded a trade or did and had a hold in where he wasn't participating the Bears were trying to work something out with the new general manager. It didn't work out. And reports came out over the weekend that, well, he's back with Chicago on a full-time basis now. The hold-in's over. He's now just going to play out the remainder of his contract. And what I'm confused by is if you're going to be, if you're going to have this line-in-the-sand stance of trade me, give me a contract extension, you don't value my, my val- you're not valuing my services to the team like another team would. I mean, that's what he was saying about the Bears. To then, like, announce that, you know, he's back and the trade's not going to happen and we're going to play out the rest of this deal. Why do it now? Why not wait another week and a half so you don't have to go through camp? Like, you're on the team. They're refusing to trade you. They're not getting rid of you. Why do you come back with a week and a half of practices whenever you don't want to play? What a big negotiating loss, too. I mean, Ryan yeah. Poles 
yep. wins this outright in his first real uh, standoff or, or tough event with the, with the player. Held his ground. They never wavered, and Rokon Smith had no alternative. So here's an example of a guy thinking he has hand who has no hand, and uh, he basically you know, has been sitting there watching practice, finally puts on his uniform and comes out. How different would this be if he had an agent? I don't believe Roquan Smith has, huge has an agent. To not have an agent. So him, what would his agent advise him? For Lamar and Jackson. also, I, I'm going to give credit to Roquan Smith here because he seems like a guy who actually wants to play football. I think this is the move of someone that says, yeah, I'm under contract. I need to show up to work. Well, it was dumb to not show up to work for the time preceding well, this. It I got think, him nothing. Again, I think you, play, you played your hand without an agent. You got pissed off and hurt about whatever the offer was. And you started thinking, this is insulting to me and my play. That's what he basically said. And now said you come back and shame. In the initial, the initial statement, right? It was not only, it's, it's almost detrimental to the future of my career, the offer that I got, or whatever it was. And then he looks up and he says, yeah, I really want to play football, though, with my teammates, and I'm under contract, so I'm going to play. I think he comes back in shame. I mean, if you're going to hold in and you get absolutely nothing for it, uh, and the team doesn't say anything, you know, that uh, gives what you wanted, even verbally, it's a complete loss. I mean, it's the textbook loss yeah. now. And this is where the agent helps because the agent – so teams, we'll take the beating. Teams can't I'm contact the player. It's tampering. The NFL actually sent out a memo about it, like reminding teams, if a player is representing himself, you cannot contact him. He That's, did have some intermediary out there. Uh, it was unclear as to whether this guy was sanctioned by him or not, who apparently was in touch with teams, and that's what prompted the memo. Right. Like, he, you he, can't talk to this guy. He was, he was not sanctioned underneath the NFLPA guidelines or whatever as an agent. Right. But still, they didn't want – I mean, otherwise, you could circumvent the rule. I could hire you to, to go do my dirty work. My, my agent's not. You go tamper. My agent won't. The Athletic reached out to eight teams, and they did not disclose which teams, but all eight that they point to say that they were never contacted by the Bears. And I think what they Bears did is they went you. through depth charts and tried to figure out who needs a outside or weak side linebacker, which is what Smith's playing – Smith's getting around $9 million, $10 million this year. So he's not, I mean... Not in the poorhouse. He's not getting $2 million by Jeffrey Simmons. But, I mean, it, again, like, uh, he's, he's wanting upwards of $20 million a year. And if you're a good but not great player, which is probably how some teams value you, the Bears are going to call your bluff and say, prove it one more time. Do it one more year before we go all in and decide how we're going to handle this. And, and that may have been it. I mean, that sounds foolish with all, everyone who plays this hand and wins with players in the league. But when I heard that story, I'm thinking they told him something that he was okay with to come back and play out his contract. And Hunt, you may be right. This sounds so counterintuitive to what everything that's happening around the league with players is right now. But maybe they said, you know, Rod Tidwell from Jerry Maguire, go play your way into your next contract. Bet on yourself. You know, bet on yourself this year, and if you continue at this rate, we're going to pay you. you got to trust us on that. And maybe he said, okay, that's what I'll so is do. Is this the last year of his deal? Yeah, it's a fifth-year So, option. I mean, either way, he's got, you know, he, yeah, he's playing he out gets the hand year. next year, but he doesn't have it now. And, um, and they, they basically told him to smell the glove. I think the other, portion, uh, the other part of this is he saw how they treated Khalil Mack. They shipped him out at the trade deadline. 
and he may not want to be told where he's playing next. Yeah. Right? Well. And he's a free agent anyway, but a team's not going to trade for it. It, it just makes for, if you're, the Bears aren't going to be very good. And if they're not going to invest in him long-term, the time to trade him is in November. It's not now. Because that's when they'll get the most value. And you may not want to go to certain teams then. I Again, I he wants to get paid first and foremost. Well, but it, th- this could also be about investment in the team and him and knowing that if he doesn't sign a long-term deal, he's probably playing somewhere else in November and December and January. And if you're betting on yourself, if you're, you don't get to be Roquan Smith by being afraid of getting hurt or injured. Right. So you're betting on yourself and you're saying, either way, I'm going to get paid. I'm going to go out there, prove my worth again, have a great season with the Bears, and the Bears come to the table and give me everything I want, great. I'll stay in Chicago. If not, I'm getting paid by someone else. Yeah, and, and if he gets traded, he's getting traded to a contender. Yeah. Right? That's the other fortunate aspect of it. Um, but he just wanted some assurances that he did not get, that he's not going to be moved in November if the team's bad. And if the, and, and after the season, who knows if they fully invest him or not. I just, I, I'm not, by default, I'm not going to bust a guy who plays. <laughs> Like if the decision that comes back to is I'm going to play out my contract, I have a hard time criticizing guy for that. Even if he lost yeah, well, in the criticize negotiation, criticize him for not for what he's doing here forward, but from what he did from here backward. Like he right. did, he wasn't playing. His strategy was to not play it backfire. Also, if you're Roquan Smith, how do you play your next hand in negotiations with the Bears? <laughs> well, like, well you next? don't. I mean, Nothing I, until again, next I, I year. Think, like, you, get you either truly believe. Ryan Poles and the Bears coming back and saying, we're going to take care of you. Mm-hmm. Just do it again this season, and you're going to get paid by them, or you're going to get paid by someone else. Yeah, or you get franchised if you have a great year. Right. I mean, and then he'll be that. upset with that. Yeah, you're just saying, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to have to go play and play well, and then they're going to be forced to pay me one way or the other, or I'll leave if I don't trust them because I lost this negotiation. Coming up, Mississippi State, the Bulldogs. A sleeper in the West. We discussed the expectations for Mike Leach's team and what it means for Will Rogers, who's coming off a fantastic sophomore season, now a junior. Can he elevate the Bulldogs in the West? We discuss next on Now Kick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I 
or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Our SEC previews continue on Outkick 360 with the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Will Rogers, will he go over or under his 2021 numbers? And another part of the question today, is Mike Leach the head coach in 2023? Now, before you scoff at that question, let's consider what's at stake here. Will Rogers going into year three. Last year, he set the single-season school record for completions with 505 completions, nearly 5,000 yards passing, and he set the the touchdown record for a single season with 36. Um, there are other single-game records. He set the record for more 300-yard passing performances than any quarterback. He's the current leader in completion percentage. But here's where they have to get better. <laughs> Despite that play, it's on offense. Mike Leach's teams have not scored enough. They were ninth in scoring in the SEC last season. They moved the ball. They passed the ball a ton. They have not been explosive enough on offense. If they're not taking a short route and turning it into a 20-yard-plus gain, they're not really hitting big plays. Their defense hasn't been the issue. They've been very steady on the defensive ends with, with Zach Arnett. Last year, ranked number three in the SEC in run defense. They returned 84% of last year's production, and they added five transfers uh, from, or excuse me, they added four transfers from the Power Five on defense. Last year, they never lost more than two games in a row, and while their run game was okay, they didn't run it nearly enough. They had only 270 carries all year as an offense. They've got to get better in that respect, but they have a quarterback that can spin it. And previously, I have compared him to, I think he's this year's version of Matt Corral at Ole Miss, and he's playing at Mississippi State. Um, guys, what do you think of Will Rogers, and what do you think of the question on Mike Lee? Let me build on this uh, lack of big plays idea. 9.49 yards per catch last year. Temple... Rutgers, New Mexico, and UConn are only four other teams in the country with less than 10 yards catch. You look for 12, 13, 14's a big number. That is amazing to think that this offense, which seems to me key to, to get some explosion, even if you're not throwing the ball downfield to get yak, yeah. is so limited in that regard, and that's the next step for Will Rogers. So eight starters on offense and defense return. Will Rogers, you mentioned a couple of them, set pretty much every single season passing record in Mississippi State history. They get both their running backs back, one of which broke every running back receiving record in Mississippi State history a year ago. So a lot of short passing uh, to the running back. If you look at this Mike Leach offense, and I think here is ultimately going to be the problem with Mike Leach. He, he can coach. Like, let's put that aside, right? Great offensive coach. He's won at places you don't traditionally win at. But everyone in the SEC has a bunch of analysts. They are watching everything that you're doing. So while he's able to tweak some things, it's a pretty simple offense in their concepts. But you have to have the personnel, and you have to be able to play zone, and you got to have high football IQ guys 
that are good with their eyes on what they're seeing in this passing offense. If you can do that defensively, you can slow down the offense. You're probably going to win. You guys mentioned the yards versus points. Great between the 20s. Not a good red zone offensive team when they get down there. Have, they find it hard to get the kill shot, to put it in the end zone when they need to. So I like this Mississippi State team. I think they have the chance. 4-4 four and four in the SEC West is really good. They were 4-4 four and four in the SEC a year ago. They also took advantage of Vanderbilt on the other side in the East last year. Now they have Georgia. This has a chance to be one of the sleeper teams because of the experience they have coming back. Two years ago, Mike Leach had far and away the youngest team in the conference. Now he's got the oldest team in the conference. But what's the flip side of that potential for being the sleeper because you're so experienced? The flip side is you disappoint, you go down a little bit from the year before, and what's the big question going to be? If you can't win with Will Rogers and with all this experience – and eight guys returning on both sides. Your entire defensive line's coming back for Mississippi State. Top 30 offense, top 30 defensive team in America last year. If you're not going to take a step up and win more now, then win. And I think that's a legitimate question to ask if you're Mississippi State this year with Leach. I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to do you know the, uh, the same or better than they did a year ago, but... To your question, Hutton, about him coming back as coach, if they don't take a step up, then yeah, there's some legitimate questions I, I think, about the future with him at, in Starkville. See, I, I think we see a version of this, this past game with Will Rogers that, see, I would take the under on the numbers. I think they're going to throw it a lot. Well, you're replacing Vandy with Georgia, too. So Yeah, that. But, <laughs> that but I also think it. they have to run it more. Like They have to be committed more than 270 carries over the course of a season to help out your quarterback and to help out, uh, maybe try to bring in a defender a step or two further to the line because th- their their biggest problem is not at slot. They've got Austin Williams, who's a, a very consistent wide receiver, um, who's like a sixth-year senior or something. He's been there forever. They don't have the outside receivers that are consistent. And because of that, I would be trying to get my run game going a bit in order to try to take the top off the defense a bit more with the star quarterback. I think Will Rogers, the key for him, if he's going to throw it 50 times a game, that's that's their season in a nutshell. If he's going to throw it 50 times a game and he's not really a runner, you can't have an off game. If your guy who's a pocket thrower throwing 50 times has a bad week, you're losing. And while they're ninth in scoring, they're scoring, they average 29 points a game. That's good for ninth in the SEC a year ago. So... Um, I, I would take the under on the numbers. Leach is back, and I actually think they're they're pretty good. I think they finished the season as a top 25 school. The last time a Leach team did that was Gardner Minshew at Washington State. That's the last time they finished a season ranked in the top 25 with Mike Leach as head coach. I think it happens this year, and I think they're one of the undersold teams of the offseason going in where I think they're a lot better than what people think because of the talent that they return. And more specifically, I think the quarterback takes a step up in overall leadership, although I don't see him setting, resetting his own records from a year ago in all these different categories. You know where you can right a bunch of wrongs in Starkville? Is do something you didn't do a year ago. Beat Ole Miss. Oh, yeah. Well, I thought you were going to say beat Memphis. Yeah, that too. <laughs> okay. Now, they were screwed in yeah, that the, game. The, that was, the that officials was, uh, messed that up. The same officiating crew that screwed up basically the entire Tennessee Ole Miss game screwed up Mississippi State in that game also yep. with a horrendous call 
and a misapplication of rules in the game against Memphis that won the game for Memphis. But th- that's they lost, I think, 31-21, but it, I don't know that it was that close against Ole Miss a year ago. That's one way that even if you are about the same or even yeah. a little bit worse, you beat Ole Miss at the end of the year, that's going to make a big difference. And there's not a big separation in the SEC West, really, from teams t- uh, two through six. If you really start to look at what the teams did a year ago, you know, we, we've got Arkansas or A&M there, but we've got questions about A&M just like we do Mississippi State. I don't think there's a big separation between who finishes second, who finishes sixth, but the perception of the program is vastly different at the end of the year. Last in the nation in rushing, to, to your point, um, you know, they don't need to be great at it in order to, to help affect what we started talking about, this getting more out of the passing game in terms of explosive plays. You have to commit a little bit more to it, right? This offense isn't, isn't going to be a running offense ever. But get more out of that. I like your theory, Hutton. That, that could really help create stuff for the passing game. And they have it's, uh, it's crazy too Marks and Johnson in the backfield. Well, Mike Leach is known as such an innovator with the air raid and what he does. But what this offense has morphed into over the years is now almost – anti-establishment of college football where college football has gone to how many 30-plus yard plays can I get? Yeah. Big shots, right? Every, we everyone's get, doing air raid. We got to get the ball, but it's it's not it's, – uh, it's, we're going to take shots down the field. We got to find ways to get guys one-on-one, and we're going to go deep a number of times. The air raid has become dink and underneath, dunk game yeah. where everything's going to be underneath a bunch of crossers. If you can't defend a crosser, which I remember watching the game against Vandy a year ago, they could not defend a crosser. You're going to get obliterated by Mike Leach in Mississippi State. So when Mississippi State beat uh, LSU, you know, in Baton Rouge to open the Mike Leach regime, they could not defend the crosser. That's how you get beat by him. But it's a lot of short stuff. Guys, I, tell me if I'm crazy. I think they're unbeaten as they go to face um, A&M. They're, well, they'll host A&M this year. So they, they're opening up against Memphis. Good game. They then visit Arizona. They should beat Arizona. Win. They're on the road for the SEC home opener in Baton Rouge for LSU. That's one of those. I, I think, think that's every, a classic game. Almost every game LSU plays at home in the SEC is a big swing game for both teams. Because I'm putting Tennessee on that list in Baton Rouge as a big swing game for both teams. That's Bowling, a big swing Bowling Green's on their schedule. Bowling Green is the worst team on their schedule. Um, they're playing that game before they will host Texas A&M on October 1st. Remember when Bowling Green went to Minnesota and beat P.J. Fleck <laughs> yeah. last year? Oh, that's, a, that's a game we don't talk enough about that just was shocking. Because that was a bad team. We could see 4-0 and against 4-0 and A&M and Mississippi State in October. Bring I it hope on. it's that. I, I, I agree with you, though, Hutton. When you look, you know, two through seven in the SEC West. Yeah, seven, yeah. Not a huge difference. I don't, I I don't think, sh- think there's a big talent difference between them. There's a huge difference between Alabama and whoever you want to pin. Even, even if A&M is your second pick, it's hard to argue. A&M's talent is a lot of young players as a youth movement coming in that everyone's pointing to now um, and an unproven quarterback. At Alabama, it's proven quarterback, and they went through the rebuild year, the rebuild year where they lost in the national championship game, but have all the key pieces coming back again. So uh, I'm, I'd like to see the odds. Can they finish second in the West? I think they can. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to see the odds and the drop-off of winning the division. 
Uh, for an example, Missouri picked sixth in the SEC East is plus 6,000 to win the East. Vanderbilt is plus 50,000. Wow. That's the drop-off from six to seven in that con- Now what's the drop-off from two to seven in the SEC West? Or three to six in terms of odds to win the division? Bama, overwhelming favorite, just like Georgia's the overwhelming favorite yeah. to win both divisions. But when you get two through seven in both, there's a big difference between East and West. A&M, Bob, A&M. Mississippi State schedule after A&M. Home against Arkansas. On the road against Kentucky. At Bama. Home against Auburn. Home against Georgia. There's a gauntlet there. So if they're going to finish second in the West, they have to win on the road at LSU and home against A&M within the first five weeks of the season. Uh, I think they're a long shot for second. I mean, I, I could see how things could open for them, but Arkansas, Keep in mind, their Arkansas defense and is a lot better than what people tough. think. I think people think Mike Leach and think 50 All points offense, a game. Yeah. Top 30 defense a year ago, and they get 49. almost everyone back. Yeah. yeah. Their entire defensive line is back. If I'm, I'm betting, though, I'm looking at A&M or Arkansas. I'm intrigued hey, by w- the Bulldogs. When we come back, and we're going to talk some baseball with the robot, which yep. any, any robot segment I love a nice tease on, mm-hmm. um, we got to talk about booze also. Two very different booze coming from Atlanta and oh, the booze. Yankees over yeah, the not weekend. alcohol. I think he was thinking of something with a B added in it. I, uh, yeah, I was. Yeah. We could talk about that, too, if you'd like. I was thinking, I was thinking about alcohol. Whatever was, you want to discuss. Yeah, and I was also thinking booze, like B-O-O-Z-E. Boo birds. Oh, boo birds. How about that? Boo birds. So uh, there's an automatic ball strike robot in the AAA that I randomly saw on social media this weekend that overturned a call, and now I want that rule implemented. I want this technology implemented immediately, and I was not for it. I was not for the automatic balls and strikes. But the way this was implemented, Paul and Chad have not seen this. The way it was implemented and the speed at which we knew the answer makes me think Major League Baseball could use this next year from the start. That's next on Outkick 360. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So uh, originally I was not for the robot automatic balls and strikes. And I'm not for it on the first pitch the first determination of this i like a human umpire i'll kick 360 rolls on but guys here is why i'm for it it's the speed of getting the call right triple a this weekend on saturday night overturned a call and they uh, were posting about this um on instagram and we're about to roll it but it took a matter of seconds. And I'm going to get you guys to uh, give your take on this and the speed at which they found out this was a strike and not a ball. Um, two, it's a 2 nothing game. It's 1-1 in the top of the fourth, just so we set the scene here. And I'll stall as long as we need to. Um, but it's originally called a ball, and the umpire, the pitcher points to the umpire and says, hey, we want to review this. They look up top. They motion up top. 
And within a matter of 10 seconds, and I may be overstating it. Here it is. I may be overstating the 10 seconds. It is fast and concise oh. and correct. Oh, I thought that was a strike. Hit it again. Challenge that. And we don't need the sound. Um, but yes, we uh, you'll you'll see the challenge from Banks, the pitcher, and there is the review. No different than if you're reviewing uh, Wimbledon to tennis, know if a, yep. yeah, if you're tennis, you're trying to figure out if a call is in or out. It's clearly a strike, and the call is overturned right here. It's literally that fast. Well, and you have a certain amount of challenges. If you get it wrong, you lose, you know, a challenge. But if as long as you keep getting them right, you're allowed to continue to challenge. And there, if you go back to uh, Paul, the uh, the grading system online for these umpires, there's a yeah, there's a Twitter account. I'm not going to remember. There it are some umpires who have like an 83 percent grade in many cases, against week to week, against this. Zone. Yeah. K-zone kind of yeah, And if zone. you want to argue, like, where is the biggest gap game to game on how games are played and, and, and how a pitcher goes through a rhythm of, of a six or seven inning stretch, it's the, it's the behind the, it's, it's the umpire. And many of them are, I mean, there's, a, there's an old hat that Bobby Cox was complaining about, and that was 15 years ago, and he's still behind the plate. Making terrible balls and strike calls. I didn't realize it was a, a challenge speed, system like that. That's, that's the best that's the feature of it. I didn't realize it was a challenge system like that. I thought it was like basically umpiring the whole game and just telling the ump in, the, in his ear Roll or with a button what it is. And um, I don't know why you wouldn't just go to that. Like, why bother with the challenge system instead of just having them all called by... So here it is in real time. So there's the ball. It's yeah. low. It looks right he at the knees. To take a look at it. Immediately, the umpire touches his head like they're going to challenge this. Banks is on the mound. He's digging back in. He knows it's a strike. And there's your answer. The challenge result tells you within 10 seconds. And he's back to the mound with a different count. Yeah, I'm good with that. I like the speed of it for sure. It's really no. It takes no time out of the I game. I might even go faster, like I'm saying, and just do it. Yeah, the, I think that the tennis comparison's apt. How well, quickly they can do get it, to the in or out if with you tennis. Don't, if you don't like, if you want to go faster and just do it automatic, there's no need to have an umpire there. Yeah, there is. He's got to call outs at the, and manage the game. You call yeah, outs it, at the plate and manage the game. I don't want it to be the 1900s. I don't want it to be 1873 and you know have an umpire standing in the batter's box. No, he stands in the same um, spot, does the same thing. He calls the balls and strikes. It's just that it's he's well, getting a no, signal in his ear. There's no need to call balls and strikes. Well, you're not going to take them away. You still need to judge the base. He still needs to return balls to the catcher. He's, he's got to function beyond balls and strikes. I would rather have a challenge system to it because I do like the human element of it, and it's up to the pitcher or the catcher or the coach, the coach, the manager to determine if he wants to use a challenge and give them, you know, give them several of them. But you're going to lose, like, give them three, and there's a little marker, and if you miss them, you lose a challenge. But as long as you keep getting them right, let it roll, man, because it takes no time out of the game. I agree. Couple notes about booing. I want to bring to you guys. One in Atlanta. Marcelo Zuna gets booed pretty badly. It was a little bit of a mixed bag, but it, there were there were noticeable boos when he batted for the first time after his DUI, which again is about a year after the domestic violence issue that cost him much of a season. Um, the the booing to me was kind of weird after a DUI with the team, but whatever. I, I have no real issue with it. Um, but here's what I do have an issue with. Chip Carey and Jeff Francoeur don't even mention it. 
Of course not. Like, don't even you say. Them that, to well, mention they it? don't even mention. Like, well, you know, there are some fans that have an issue with something that happened over the week. You know, this past week with my, they don't even talk about it at all. But then after the broadcast, Bally's goes to the locker room, and every question from reporters to Brian Snickers about Marcelo Zuna's arrest and about him getting booed. So I'm thinking, if you're going to show that, then you can allow your your broadcasters to be honest. Now the fans here are not real happy with Marcelo Zuna. Right? Just say something. I think they're probably allowed to be honest. They don't. chose not to. I, 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 want, I want the acknowledgement. The other acknowledgement it's the, it's the is in New York where Brian Cashman and Steinbrenner, Hal Steinbrenner, mm-hmm. they both got booed at Paul O'Neill's retirement ceremony. Paul, your thoughts? They're not getting it done. I mean, uh, Cash, I Cashman's not getting it done. But again, you, you, listen, listen, you there's were no just talking about guys them, need to play better. But there's no occasion for the fans to address Cashman, except then. If he was out on the field on a regular basis, I'd say, well, don't do it during Paul you, O'Neill's Do you thing. think Cashman has fielded a bad team this year? I think Cashman traded Jordan Montgomery for a guy in a boot. And they... they Yes, I think that was a major failure, that last trade. Before that, I was pleased with him. And I think Hal Steinbrenner hasn't been seen in forever. You finally see him, you voice your concerns. (laughs) I'm fine with it. It was more about cash. O'Neal knows it's not O'Neal. I didn't have a big issue with it. I just thought it was funny during Paul O'Neal. The Yankees, who they've been in a free fall. They're eight games up in the division still. That's how good they were. And they're, they're... Booing their owner and their GM it, on it Paul It was more O'Neal about then. Cashman, though. Cashman was out there, right? Yeah, but Hal got it booed, too. They, Hal has not spent the way Yankees fans want a, they t- both a, got a, a Yankees owner to spend. It's not so much connected to something immediate Please with related Yankees to this. Please owner Hal but Steinbrenner. Boo. And also, Yankees general manager Brian Cashman. Boo. I mean, and, it was two separate occasions to boo. And I'll go back to Azuna. You know, not that, not that they're going to applaud the DUI, but I think that the fact that he had his, his license out the window and was basically practically ran yeah, out of the said, car you know, to tell I'm the fine. policeman. He said, I'm Azuna with the Braves. You know I'm good. License, that is a huge turnoff to me. Uh, MLBPA card as was well. It? And look, I, I think it was a very un-Atlanta sports fan thing to do. Up. And I think that's what surprised me about it. I'm like, oh, Braves fans are booing Ozuna. Win a World Series, behave like a real team. They've won, they've won two now, Paul. Progress. They've won the two. The first one in a billion years. They've won two. The World Series talk on Paul's end has certainly quieted down in recent <laughs> weeks. I'll hey, still be attending. They took two out of three from the Astros, that team that you fear yeah. in the American I'm League. Also. The Win tonight over the Mets. Wrong. Win tonight over the Mets, yeah. Paul. Please, Back come on. Go tomorrow Yankees. and I'll kick three. Go Yankees tonight. Don't block the box. Please be sure to lock your locks. See ya.